is, hey, we're going to McDonald's next. Even if you tried, you wouldn't have the stomach to eat. Why have we created an anti-sex culture in the church? Ready to work out. Before you start, heavy or not, you want to go ahead and use your superpower to give you that strength and energy to make it through your workout. Get you some. Welcome back to another episode of the CBNK Show because it is what it is. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, I don't know what's going on with the weather right now. It is unusually warm. And since it's usually warm, I have to cover a hot topic. And today's hot topic is what I wish I would have known before I said I do. But it's coming with a positive twist. I guarantee you it's coming with a positive twist right now. we got a lot of stuff going on. First of all, before we get into it, I want to thank you, the audience, because without you, none of this is possible. No matter how tired I am, I will always make time for you. You guys have been amazing. You've been watching. I see the Google analytics. I see the YouTube analytics. Right now, I think we're at 13.5 for the subscriber count on YouTube, 13,500. You know, we're going to get to that 14,000 mark. We're going to get there before my birthday. And we're going to close up this year. And I'm just believing God. Actually, we're at 13.502. Shout out to the two subscribers that put us over 13,500. Uh, we're going to get to that 100,000 mark. And I don't care what anybody says. We're going to grind, claw, and scratch until we get there. Because I got to I gotta catch Club Shay Shack. Cannot allow this dude to keep beating me in numbers. I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys for the CVMK. It is growing. There's a lot coming down the pipeline that I'm super excited about. Uh, but you guys have been fantastic pushing it over. It is at right now 71900 it's all because of you. So I want to thank you guys uh, for just doing amazing, staying with us, uh, being faithful, commenting, liking, and even some negative comments, but you got to take the good with the bad. But we got an amazing episode with some amazing people. My favorite couple, Damon and Shay Doris, and because I got my beautiful wife on here. Now, normally, you know, she doesn't do this stuff. She's kind of behind the scenes, and I'm kind of the one always out in the camera with a lot of coffee on the side, so I can get through it, right? But... She made an exception. She's on today's show. So this is going to be a treat. So when we return, we will have an amazing episode with some amazing people. After a quick word from our sponsors. Damon, Shay, April. Hey. How are y'all doing today? Oh, Hi. Look, I am super appreciative to everyone that's here. Uh, first, starting with my wife, thank you for doing this. I know this is not your uh, cup of tea to be, you know, out in the in the spotlight doing this. I'm really grateful for you. And then Demond and Shay, as I said earlier, uh, I think when it comes to couple goals, and you talk about starting a family, raising a family, staying together, building something, I couldn't think of anybody better. Right. So I think there's enough that uh, to really give to your credence and to your uh, commitment. And it's one of those, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes 
sometimes when you see like a relationship, like a marriage, like it's not that you doubt, but you have your like thoughts, like you know, like ah, you know. But when I see you two, I'm like they like each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they actually really like each other. So I wanted you on the show because I really want to get into this. You know, um, we're coming to our tenth year, right? Um, and in ten years. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know, right, 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 right. Um, YouTube, CDMK, I don't know why I just thought about that, but anyway. Um, so in 10 years, uh, I've learned a lot, trial and error, mostly. And it's crazy getting to this point. I see how much of, how much we've grown, how things have gotten smoother and better, but at the same time, there was things I think I should have had I'm not talking about having ducks in a row. I'm not talking about that part. Just a understanding of the true level of commitment and sacrifice that it really takes to pull this off. And I think, you know, and I think, I think that I was a little, I was naive, uh, uh, you know, in the beginning. And now I'm seeing like, it, there's really another grace to this, right? Um, and so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what I wish I would have known. And I'm going to start and I'm going to throw this question first to Demonashe and then April, I'll have one for you. You know, when you are courting, dating, whatever, right? There is a basic science. Obviously, it depends and it varies age and whatever. But I, I do think that, you know, boy falls in love with girl, girl falls in love with boy, right? It's not like a hard science, right? Usually, first rule of thumb is person A was attracted to person B. Person B reciprocated the attraction, started to form a dialogue. From dialogue, activity concurred or progressed after that. And then from this, we get to a summation of uh, an official announcement of an engagement. And then from that, a wedding. That's usually how simple this thing is, even though we make it complicated. The problem is, the problem is throughout that whole process, throughout that whole um, trajectory, there's a lot of steps that are not visible yet. And things that sometimes you catch on the back end. And what I mean by that, uh, I think for myself, and I told April before this started, I said, you know, I wouldn't, I would never change, you know, who I married. I w- the only, the things that I would change is I think I myself needed, like, I needed, first of all, two types of counseling. I needed debt counseling and I needed an actual therapist, right? <laughs> Thank God. Um, you know, because you start realizing what really kind of affects the, the gravity of your house, right? It's, it's not this romantic fervor, you know. It's, it's really like how to keep things on par. And what I did not know then is that I thought I really knew myself. I really thought like Cody was complete and then you get older and then it seems like the closer you get to God and the more you go through life, the more you realize how incomplete you are. 
right? And then it starts to figure out like, oh, wow. And then you start to kind of examining your decisions. You're like, why did I buy those Jordans? You know, why did I run on my credit? Like, there's just things that immaturity, really, and it's really immaturity. Um, but you don't know that because in our tradition, we are taught to just give our life to Christ. Everything will take care of itself from that point on. And it's true. It's just not the full truth, right? So I'm going to start with you. The first thing, if you could go back, what do you wish you knew before you were standing at the altar uh, with each other? You want me to go? You go uh, what I wish I knew, um, and I hope I don't get too deep too soon, um, but I, I didn't realize that I had some issues with, uh, I was going to go there. I didn't realize I had issues with my mother, sure. um, and my, some of my upbringing being the oldest child, um, and some of the pressure and responsibility and accountability that was put on me, I think unfairly. Um, and I think I brought some of those issues into my marriage, expecting my wife to be the new improved version, uh, or not have some of the same I think I held my wife a little bit accountable for some of the things that I should have held my mother accountable for. Um, so it's funny when you talked about therapy and I didn't, you know, stuff like that didn't cross our minds. Like you said, we're told to get saved, give our life to God and everything will work itself out. But I think I actually did not know it, but I needed to talk to someone before I got married, get, probably get some real therapy. You know, we did the whole, you know, speak to the, you know, I think it was your, your uncle married us. I mean, your, no. grand, your grandfather married us. Yeah. So, you know, we talked to him, your uncle. Yeah. So we talked to him, you know, but I think I needed some professional you know, I, just a battery of, of therapy before I got married, um, because I think I brought some issues into the marriage that maybe I should not have because they were childhood issues. So I, I wish I had. And I, and I think when you're young, you don't know yourself. You know, I, I was 27 when I got married. I, you know, you don't know yourself fully at 27. Yes. You don't know your triggers. You don't know what bothers you. You don't know how your childhood fully affected you. Um, but at, looking back now, you know, 20, almost 21 years later, I can see how I brought some issues you know, it, all your baggage isn't necessarily ex-girlfriend baggage. All your barrier baggage isn't necessarily, you know, ex-relationship baggage. Sometimes it's stuff that happened before you even had a girlfriend. Sometimes it's childhood baggage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see where I could have, I brought that into the marriage and, and maybe I was not as compassionate as I should have been in certain situations because I expected uh, a different different uh, reaction than what I was used to growing up. And because I didn't get that reaction, I started to develop resentment. So I, I wish I had, I was a little wiser before I had gotten married about myself. I agree. Shay. Um, I guess for me, uh, I was really young. I was 23 and um, I was very sheltered. Uh, I, I look at it as I had like these three coverings, if you will. Like I had my father, then I had my four, actually. My father, my family, my media family, then I had my extended family that just you know, always loved on me and, and protected me. And then I had my church family. And so uh, when I was removed from that environment, um, I realized I wish I had known what I needed from him prior to, because I think there were some things that I needed from him that I didn't realize it. And I did not know how to articulate it. So I ended up resenting him for not fulfilling a need that I couldn't articulate. So, um, I feel like, and I think a lot of that has to do with like uh, being sheltered and like my dad did such a good job of covering me. I did not know 
when I was being covered. So then when I get married, my husband's job is to cover me and and be that protection for me. And uh, when we were faced in a particular situation, um, I did not know how to articulate that I wasn't getting that covering I felt that I needed from him at the time. And that caused a big issue in our marriage. So I wish I had known what I needed from my spouse. And I, you're not going to always know, and you're not going to fully know until you get into it. Right. But I wish I, I could have articulated what I needed from him sooner than later. That makes a lot of sense. And you, darling April, you... I wish I knew um, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I feel like I went uh, completely blind into marriage. I was also 27. And um, I saw my parents married and that was like my, you know, thinking of what marriage should be. Uh, I feel like, like if they got married, I can do this. <laughs> they were married for a long time. So I'm like, well, um, some of the things that I've learned from them were mistakes that I also made in my marriage um, because we're not our parents. So I'm, instead of me trying to <laughs> become my parent relationship, I had to figure out what worked for me and Cody. So I had to really figure it out. And um, counseling um, definitely is a big need. Cody and I didn't get a lot of counseling in the beginning either. We both... Uh, really needed that because we both had that like Damon said that trauma um childhood trauma is real um i definitely had a whole lot of uh childhood trauma that i didn't deal with before i got married and i did bring a lot of that into our marriage as well you know i think the the um one of the hardest things is our parents are our superhero and they really are. Uh, but superhero doesn't mean God, right? And we pattern ourselves off their blueprint, but their blueprint was something that they created mm -hmm. for that time. Um, case in point, right? Um, my grandfather was, I think, my my grandfather prided him out himself off of being the answer right to almost all life situations um i don't think that model as cool as it looks first of all to kill you if you try like, <laughs> you try, like i'm a strong arm everything it'll break you uh but i also think that it takes away the voice of the other because you're the one that's always seen, that's always heard, uh, that's always visible to the point that somebody can become invisible really fast, right? And I don't know now if that's the best way at going at it. And I, and I think I, I, I really tried, um, really tried to mirror that because that was something that you know I aspired to, that I looked up to. I think the the hardest challenge is to realize how do I um, how do I how do I answer the call of God without the pressure of other people's expectations mm -hmm. and really 
the pressure of necessarily the church, right? And I think sometimes for us, particularly if our if our parents served or our relatives served in any capacity, um, it was like we had to do it a certain way or we had to uh, have this certain whatever lifestyle. And even though it was aspirational, it wasn't always true. And as I got older, I had to really divorce myself from people's expectations, right? And try to organically figure out where am I in God and how do I get to where God uh, needs me to be. And I think the pressure is because the, the thing we don't want to discuss is that there really is no criteria for when and how to get married uh, in the word. You have the first example of a man. You have the definition. You have what God has created for his humanity. That is set, right? That is non-negotiable. But the age, the economic status, the political affiliation, all these other things that carry so much other weight, there's really no definition for it. There's really no uh, uh, clarity on. You have a man or really not just a man, but a being that has two placed in a garden. And then one day he is separated and then awakened to his wife does not court her and is automatically married to her. And then you have a subset of events that follow. And then you have a time of antiquity where everything was an arranged marriage. So now when you bring in that world into a postmodern westernized you know world and then you add another layer of um black expectation to that you know it gets really really confusing really really fast so my question i'll start with april and then i'll go to shane demon do you think not misled but do you think that fairly or unfairly uh the church put a expectation on you that they didn't fully understand or fully give you the time to flush out. Absolutely. Um, I was born and raised in church. So yes. Um, I feel like being a preacher's kid is a whole lot of pressure. <laughs> um, it's not per se, like solely the church um, responsibility, but I think it just comes with the territory. You have, so much um, responsibility at a young age. Um, everybody's looking at you. So it's like you have to be the voice and reasoning for everybody when you're a PK. Everybody's watching. Everybody's waiting for you. And I was always feeling like like um, they're going to wait for me to make a mistake. <laughs> and I hated that. Like I'm like, um, I know I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I don't want to be labeled as a perfect Christian per se, because we're human. So I was like, I know I'm going to make some mistakes and I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash just because of my position. But that's how I felt as a PK. <laughs> Shay, do you, do you feel like, you know, being the, the daughter of, you know, Deacon Billy Joe Walls and Deaconess, you know, Rosie Walls and, just growing up in, in, in the grand old church that there was an expectation for you that was an identity that you didn't ask for that was given to you and that somehow 
you had to manage this under that scope? Um, I can't say so much for my father or even um, maybe the church per se, but growing up under rosy walls, <laughs> I love her dearly. But um, she has this standard, especially um, when you're trying to live a saved life. She has this 1942 version of salvation. Sometimes it's kind of like, you know, and, but then I had to, I had, it came to a point where I had to have a real conversation with her and let her know, like, look, this is my individual journey. God has a rosy walls. And I love my mom dearly, but, um, but he needs a tequila walls, you know? So with that being said, I, I had to, in that moment, I had to seek God for myself. And honestly, I did not really develop, truly develop my individual relationship um, with him to its fullest extent until after I got married. And that's when I realized I started finding myself in God. Uh, I don't want to say on God's terms with me. So, and I, and I was able to carve out and allow God to carve out basically um, my walk with him and what what works for me and our my relationship with him my salvation it will have like the key key uh ingredients that everyone else has but my salvation may not look like demands or somebody else's salvation because there's some things that's that's uh this special just for my walk it's it's you know it's it's a customized walk if you will and it's an individual journey. And I had to figure that out. And I'm still figuring some things out. There's some things I've learned to say no to, you know, because just for my own peace and to, to build my own home, we had to learn to do that. Like, no, we're putting our house first, not the church. Mm-hmm. We're putting our kids first, not the church. Um, not to take away from God. God's always first. Right, but right. There are some things we had to do as a couple and we made a choice and we caught a lot of flack from it. Like, Oh, you're not going to this service with no, because my, my kids, I want my kids to remember us at home with them or doing activities with them, not us sitting on a pew Mm -hmm. all the time. So, so I guess, uh, yeah, there was some expectations that they had uh, for me, but um, I was able to kind of figure it out. So, Demond, you you are now um, you are now uh, de facto <laughs> assistant pastor. Um, you executive are, pastor, exactly. Right. We have an assistant executive pastor. pastor, executive <laughs> pastor, um, son of now a jurisdictional prelate. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yes. So um, talk to us, man. You know, it's a little different for men. But it's still it it's different. It's better in some aspects because there's there's like gender <laughs> expectations within our denomination, which is a little stupid. But but it's worse because they expect you to lead at some point, right? Like you got to pick up Superman's cape, you know, eventually, right? <laughs> so um, you know, so how do you how did you how do you deal how do you deal with you know you your husband? Projector provider house now, but this, how do you deal with that? I, I think, I, I think that like you said something about, you know, men and uh, the expectations. I, I think, man, you, you just gotta, you gotta be man enough to know who you are. You know, uh, I said, I'll tell you about there's, there's a difference between being called into ministry and being called into that pastoralship. And I think you need to know the difference. 
And, uh, you know, because I, I do, I hear all the time the expectation, I'm going to be the next pastor of prayer tower. I'm going to be the next this, next that. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm I like, you know, we know you've been called. Like, well, he hasn't called me yet, you know. And I, and I think you have to be man enough and, and confident enough in, in who you are and know what God has for you and what God doesn't have for you. Um, to be able to say like, hey, look, just because my last name is this, just because my father was this, my grandfather was this, does not necessarily mean that I'm going to be this. You know, right. uh, I want to be obedient. Right. Um, I, there's, there's two things I know I was called to do. There's two, I think there's two things I absolutely know I was called to do. I was called to be a husband and I was called to be a father. You, you can, I, I, I know I was. I, I feel it in, in the depths of my soul. I feel it in my gut that I was called to be a husband and I was called to be a father. And I, and I believe I've been uh, a good husband and a good father up to this point. Um, so I, I don't doubt those things. I, I know I have, not, I have not felt that same type of gut feeling about pastoralship. And, uh, and I think you cannot allow people, uh, man or woman, and there's probably a little bit more, little bit more pressure on us because we're men, especially if you're you know, the son of a preacher. Um, you, can, you can't let people put you in a position that you've just not been called for, that you're not ready for. And I think you have to be man enough and strong to look at people and say, you know, no, you know, until, until I've been called or until the Lord has talked to me, you know, you, you, you may have that expectation, but it's going to be an unfulfilled expectation for you because I'm not going to do it just because everyone thinks I should do it, you know. Uh, I love my father. I love my grandfather. I love my great uncle. And uh, they've been they've been great leaders of, of our church. And uh, we've, we've grown leaps and bounds uh, in my lifetime. But just because every last door's last name has been uh, every pastor's last name has been Doris doesn't mean the next pastor's last name has to be Doris. It should be who God wants it to be. And uh, I, I just think that's how it should be. I, I think that just men in the church have to be number one. I, you know, I've never had church ambition, so that's one thing. I've never had church ambition. It's never been my. I, I've always wanted to make it. I always want want a success outside of the church in the professional world. I never had church ambition, so that's one thing that's probably different. I know people are like you don't want to be the next pastor. Like why wouldn't you all set up for you? I just I just never had to me the church is not a place to climb a, a ladder. I've never seen it that way. It was a space for to be spiritually centered. That's what I've always seen it as. I was like I, you know I should be trying to climb the ladder in real estate or the fire department or my, the, the other you know things I have going on in my life. I don't want to climb a church ladder. That's not that's what the church is there. I don't think it's there for that. You know you know if I if I end up being a pastor or bishop one day that's great it's because it's going to be because I was called not because I wanted to climb some type of professional ladder at church. I just don't see it that way. So, but I think you gotta be man enough to know who you are. I like that. I like that. We're about to get messy. I want to get into church ambition being toxic. Uh, I'm going to go to a quick break uh, because we got to pay these bills. So when we get back, quick word from our sponsors. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. I got it with me today, even though in my bag right now we're doing Warrior Thirst, but I brought it with me. And I'm going to play the other commercial. I thought I clicked on the other one, but that one popped up. But whatever. Superpower. Yo, we having 60 degree days in February. You know what that means? Spring is going to be here very, very fast. You know what that means? You didn't do your 21 day fast. You know what that means? <laughs> You still big, and you're not gonna have your body right for the summer. And when you go to that island, you're gonna be taking photos from an angle with a Snapchat filter because you didn't do right by yourself. <laughs> I'm trying to save you. Your self-esteem is at risk, and your health, and your cholesterol. 
you need www.cvmkglobal.store. Get it there, y'all. Look at this. Come on. We got vitamin B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B12, C, citrulline, beta aline, creatine monohydrate, betaine, anhydrous, gamma, which is GABA, caffeine, and dynamine. Can't go wrong with this. And if you need a milder effect like we're on today, Warrior Thirst, use code CVMK20. Is it 25 now for 25% off? Yes, 25. 25% off because I'm telling you, in just a few more days, What's going to roll out? You're going to wish you could have got it at that price. www.cbmkglobal.store. All right. So, church ambition can be toxic. I think it's a noble thing to want to serve. It's a calling. It is a virtuous calling. What it is not is a resume builder. What it is not is a reason not to get a job. Yes, oh, wow. What it is not <laughs> is a justification based off of genealogy. I really don't think, and I'll start here, and I don't care, I'll challenge anybody. I do not believe the anointing is transferable. You can We can debate it. I would love to have you on. Call me. Matter of fact, email me. CodyMKelly06 at gmail.com. I'll have you on for the show. If I had a son, my son does not qualify because of who I am. Right? I'm not saying he could not learn things or she could not learn things. I'm saying that it's not transferred. It's a calling by the Lord. It's a noble thing to want to serve, but it should be a God thing. And the problem is we have entered into a phase where the ambition is greater than the love for Jesus and the ambition is putting the people in harm's way. And that's what's bothering me, right? Like um, it can be a turnoff, right? One of the things and I think even when it comes to marriage, what I had to figure out, you know, you have to be called to a ministry to serve, right? And then your wife has to have a place there. You're, you know, you're, uh, if my wife was not happy with Freedom Temple today, I would leave. That's how, that's how serious, you know, it is. Like if my wife is not happy, then I'm ultimately not happy. Right. Um, cause we're one. And I think sometimes we, we've created now an ecosystem where we have based our ministries off of the event effect. And if you're not a performer, you don't have a place. But I always thought, and I've always seen that some of the strongest people are the ones that are in the pews, right? Mm -hmm. So as a married couple, and I'll start with Demona Shane, then April, I'll throw this one to you. Church plays a, a real uh it's a real variable in a relationship it, you know if you really love jesus and you go to church church matters you know if you ain't going to church then I, I question faith because how do you eradicate certain scriptures right so church matters so if church matters if you end up in a wrong situation it can be very very toxic mm-hmm. right, to your relationship um 
No, I'm not going to use that example. I almost said <laughs> case in point. Case in point. Case in point. <laughs> case in point. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say case in point. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, let's say, um, uh, your, let's say you, your, your, your spouse is not being treated fairly for whatever reasons. And a lot of times, you know, particularly if you grew up in a church, you know, you're the hometown hero, you're the hometown favorite. And your wife kind of is like, looks, she gets looked upon, especially when she's new, you know, after a while it dies down to a degree. Uh, but it's like adversarial, like she took him from us, right? Um, so Damon, you know, being the, the golden boy of prayer tower, um, cause you went, you know, Shay went with you, right? Shay went with you. And maybe I should direct this to Shay. Uh, how do you deal with, how do you deal with navigating the new relationships that church can bring? Okay, so it's time. You go first. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this about, um. Prayer Tower. Prayer Tower was very opening. They were very open and welcoming to me. Sure. Um, that that was not my issue. Uh, the people at Prayer Tower was very loving um, and everything. So it, it was difficult. It was difficult finding my place because you know by me being raised, born and raised in a church, I had I had a place at my church. I had people expected this of me. They knew where to stick me. They knew where my gifts were, so they knew how to use me. So I come in to a new church and it's difficult to find your place and your footing because, oh, they have somebody that does that. They have somebody that, you know, so you're just trying to, you sit back and just kind of watch. And so I think people are kind of, they don't know how to approach you sometimes, especially when you're married to the golden boy. Um, So... um, (laughs) Um, but I'm just j- joking, but, um, no, they, <laughs> but they, they might be like, well, you know, you know, they don't know they're trying to fill you out, but for the most part, they've been very open and nice. I've had other issues, um, with really making prayer tower home for me. Sure. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage anything, but my mother-in-law and I had a very rocky beginning. And it was very difficult for me to really feel comfortable and at home at Prayer Tower with her being my first lady. I'm just going to, and we're going to keep it funky and real. We're in a very, very good place today. Okay. But in the beginning, it was very difficult for me to find my footing. And it was solely, I would say, because of our relationship. So that would be the issue, I would say, with, um, with really getting adjusted to a new church would be me and my relationship with my first lady slash mother-in-law and navigating that. So, um, so, so that's my issue. That was my, that was my hurdle, I guess, if you will. It's funny. I, I think one thing we as husbands or men do, especially when we're young, when we ask our wife, most of the time the wife follows the man, right? Especially in a, in a when both, we both go up in the church, most of the time the wife follows the man. And I, I can't imagine the type of, that, and that's a huge sacrifice. I think we underestimate the sacrifice our wives make for us when they follow us. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, not only does she leave her family, but she left her church family. 
that was a huge sacrifice that maybe I didn't fully appreciate or understand in the beginning because, you know, we just told your wife I was you. But, man, but, but the, the, the strength that takes, um, the because to be uncomfortable for sometimes, you know, months or years um, to try to find a place, uh, to try to, to get to that. I mean, it takes years to get back to that comfort level. It's something I never had to go through. You know, it's like I, I, I never, you know, we left, we left Paratire for a year, but, you know, we came back. But that's really something that, like, I never really had to go through. I never had to leave my my, my church family, right. you know. And uh, and I think at times I kind of deferred to to her her uh, blood family sometimes a little bit more because I felt guilty about her leaving her church family. But even then, I think I didn't really understand and fully appreciate the type of adjustment that was, the type of sacrifice that is. And and I think we as husbands, I think we like you talk about what I wish I knew earlier. I wish I had talked to someone who was older, whose wife left their church and, and came to his church. So I could fully understand the sacrifice that our wives are making for us. Cause it's, it's huge. Especially when someone's been born. I mean, she, she had, she had her, her father was, you know, was a deacon or her, her, her uncle was the pastor. You know I mean? She grew up in this, this very vibrant, inclusive, you know, you know, loving, fun church family. And she marries me. She falls in love with me and marries me. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't force her to marry me, but she still married me. She made the sacrifice for me. And, and I, and I just, I just wish I had, appreciated that more like i was like man my thing about it, i was like wow like that was a huge sacrifice i wish i'd known that 20 years ago like how big of a sacrifice she was making for me and i think sometimes we as husbands we don't we don't understand those type of sacrifices that our wives have made to be with us no i agree i know i didn't um you know looking back now i think i should have and i'll in april i'll, I'll you know i'm gonna throw this one to you i think looking back you know brendan temple's home Right. And I do think I should have asked, you know, like, do you want to be here? And I never asked. I just I was like, well, well, you know, hey, Papa's old. He's sick. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, we just go be here. And, you know, and I like I and I told Best Evans, like when, you know, he became Best, I was like, you know, I got you. you know, And I literally called him and said, I was like, and I was living in St. Louis. Um, but I never asked. And I see like now I was kind of out of bounds with that. Like I wasn't even thinking. I was like, look. If I'm good, she good, we good, right? But that's not really how it works. Right. Um, so for you, right? Uh, you know, I, I admit Kojic is a very acquired taste. You know, <laughs> it's not. That's a great way to put it. It is. It is. I, there's a lot of things in our church that do not make sense. We have meetings that don't conduct any business, and it's just church. Uh, we have made up titles that are not found in the Bible. We, we have a lot of stuff that just is theologically ignorant, but Hey, we go with it because this is us, right? This is us. So, uh, you know, um, you know, and I'm not mad at it. I'm not throwing shade. It's just, it is what it is, you know? So, uh, for you, you know, how, how has that adjustment been? For me, I was blessed at a young age. My mom had us, um, first of all, at different churches anyway. Like I always joke with my, um, friends and family because I always tell them like my mom had us at Awana's which is all white all white church and we were the only black kids there <laughs> so my mom um so I grew up um as a child at like um with the white kids and I started clapping off beat <laughs> but I also had the balance of the black church as well so um and then it's funny because uh, Pentecost, my family were, my grandparents were Pentecostal, all, you know, so that 
we I was used to long services. So that when I adjusted to Kojic, it wasn't really hard because if you're in the Pentecostal church, it's going to be a long service. <laughs> but um, also God really um, adjusted us in our marriage because we were able to go to St. Louis um, and we both had to find our way per se in different churches as well. Um, and Cody, know him and I, we had to adjust to just because of our where we lived, we had to go to uh, different culture churches, um, even. Uh, but him and I, we was like both. We were like, we have to find a Pentecostal church. This this is it's boring. <laughs> so it was more of a boring thing for me, like. Uh, my dad always taught us growing up. He's like, I don't want to go to a dead church. Mm. <laughs> he's like, if it's dead, I don't want to be there. <laughs> so I was always looking for something that was like lively. Um, people were happy as long as it was live and it felt like it, everybody was excited and moving. It was easy to adjust for me. I, mean, I like it. I want to go here. I want to go to, uh, I got, I've written it down uh, for the last four segments. There's going to take us about 20 minutes to complete. Finances, friends, exes, and romance. Um, and I'll start with finances. <laughs> um, finances, you know, are vital. I don't, you know, I, I scoff at this notion that you have to be, you know, six figures or seven figures. You know, I saw a meme. It was uh, last year around the holidays. It was like places that you can't take a woman on the first date. And there were some nice. It was like the Cheesecake Factory. And, you know, and I was like, hey, you don't even know this person, you know. Right. right. Um, and so I think we have gone in the opposite direction in becoming too materialistic. But at the same time, I think for the sake of church, um, as great as faith is and as great as the anointing is, and as great as having a prayer life is, there are some arguments that prayer won't fix, but a paycheck will. And I think it is ignorant to use your salvation as an excuse for what your bank account lacks. And I made that error. So I'll start with myself, right? I don't point fingers. I point, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. said, I make fun of myself. Therefore, I can make fun of you. Right? So, you know, I, I, you know, when I got married, um, I was an intern. That was a red flag, you know? So uh, I was an intern when I said, I, you know, uh, asked Ava to marry me as to get engaged. And then uh, I lost my job. And then I finally got a job a couple months before the wedding date. But I was only making $30,000 a year. And that is an unacceptable low, right? Like looking back now, I, yes, did God give me the grace to get to this point? Absolutely. The tears that I had to cry and the headache and the worry and just all the mishap could have been avoided if I would have been a bit more disciplined. I'm going to say this, and there's no hard number, but I do think there has to be a hard conversation. Both people have to create a, I would say, a partnership 
expense report of what it would take to be with me. Mm-hmm. Whatever that number is. So that includes if you get your hair done, how many times a week, if you get your eyelashes done or if they're painted or tatted on, how many times a week, all the things that t- it costs to be you, you have to be able to carry that number times two. And if you can't carry it times two, you probably shouldn't say I do. And I know that rhymed. I don't know why I'm on my Dr. Seuss. It's just late. So only because what happens is a kingdom marriage really will never fall under attack from sin, quote unquote. Not that you won't have temptation, but if you decently saved. I'm not even going to say speaking in tongues, casting on. I'm going to just say, you know enough, like, hey, look, I don't go to strip clubs. Like, if you think how people make mistakes, there's just some arenas you will never partake in, right? So you won't fall subject to that. If you're decently in line with Christ, really the only areas that you could be attacked is in finances, relationships, or health, right? So your finances has to be utterly important. And the mistake that I made that I think was unfair to April was I wasn't there yet. You know, and I'm not saying that you have to be at whatever. I'm just saying you need to be able to say, if she don't work, I can cover us good, right? No matter how much Whatever, I got us, the rent is paid, the T-Mobile bill is paid on time, Xfinity is paid on time. And I wasn't there yet. I was trying. It wasn't like I was lazy. I mean, I was, you know, I had all these interviews and did all the stuff. But I wasn't there yet. But I was so, and I, I think I was just horny, honestly. But I was so, like, so ready to get married because I wanted to do right and I wanted to please everybody and I didn't want to burn and go to hell and, you know, got tired of repenting and, you know, and all this other stupid stuff, you know, mm-hmm. not stupid stuff, but all this other real stuff, not stupid stuff, but all this other real stuff that I was willing to put a person in financial harm because of the lack of discipline. I'm going to take a quick commercial break and I'm going to give Demar to say about a minute to think on this finances what is the magic number when we come back what do you need to have before you say i do after a quick word from our sponsors there's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed all it takes is just that one last push activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. Yo, you know what I got with me? I got with me the way. Because when it comes to protein, there is the way, the truth, and the light. The way I'm telling y'all, I was I was smelling it before when we was on break. This smells really good. Chocolate, I got that chocolate, 110 calories, 25 grams of protein. All it is is whey protein isolate and digestive enzymes. None of the funny stuff. None of the amino acid spiking. Straight to the muscles. Straight for the results. I want you to get this two pound juggernaut right here. You will not be disappointed. Oh, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. I want plant-based. You want plant-based? 
We got Transform. <laughs> Chocolate Vanilla. There's no excuse for why you're not there. www.cvmkglobal.store. Okay. <laughs> Finances. Finances. The mom, what? Um, you recording Shay. Obviously, you're not. You're, you weren't where you are now. Are you close? Right. <laughs> Was there any mistakes financially? Do you think you, you should have maybe been a little further? Do you think, hey, I was good, you know, God took care of it? I mean, finances, what is your take on that? You know, I, I don't think I should have been any further. I think where you're at is where you are. Um, yeah. And uh, th- there's just, I think there's some habits. I wish I, I, wish I was had, had to have a saving more money. Um, I wish I didn't put pressure because, you know, when, when she, she came from an upper middle class family. You know, her father did very well. Uh, I came from upper class middle, middle class family. My father did very well. Uh, they both had great wives that helped help them build, you know, their households. Um, so I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to try to, in my mind, try to give her that lifestyle at, you know, in my early tw- early to mid twenties or, you know, in my twenties that, you know, her father gave her in her fifties and sixties. My father gave me in my fours and fifties. So I think not putting that financial pressure on yourself and realizing that you're not supposed to be where other certain other people are and stop, and stop running that race and, and comparing yourself to other people, sure. even your own father or father-in-law. But like I don't know if there's a magic number. I just think there needs to be an understanding between the spouses. But um, I, I tell you, when I knew I wanted to marry her, uh, one of the things that made me want to marry her, I remember what, we were going out all the time. I was whining and dining. We were going to jazz clubs. We we're going out to eat, high end restaurants. And then I and then I wanted to buy a house. I did. I wanted to move when I got married. I wanted to move her into a home. Uh, so I told her, you know, like, hey, you know, I know we've been going out every weekend. Blah blah. blah. I was like, we're gonna have to start maybe, you know, staying in, having pizza more often, or just chilling, you know, watching movies because. I want to buy a house and I get my money's got to go towards, you know, down payment for this house. And she was like, cool. You know, I should not no static about it. Didn't wasn't upset about it, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I felt like she could be a financial partner. So I don't know so much. If it was a, like, there was a magic number. And now when I got married, man, I actually took a pay cut. When I was working for Motorola, I was making about anywhere between 45 to 50,000 a year with bonuses for the year. Most people don't know this, but the year before I got in the fire department, I worked for Will County, workforce services, I actually took a pay cut down to 40,000. So that's what I was making the, the first year we got married. And then a year later, I got on the fire department. That's when the money started kicking in. So I actually took a pay cut when I got married. I was going to make it 40000 had a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny was born, not so, you know, first year of our marriage. So uh, I wasn't making, you know, great money, but I, but I, I had a great partner. I had a great wife. Man, so, I mean, even to this day, some of the best times of my life were just sitting at home, eating pizza, watching, looking at the baby and sitting on the couch watching TV all night. Mm-hmm. Like those are some of the greatest memories I still have. And they, and they, might have been a twenty dollar night, you know, but those are some of the some of the I look back now, some of the best times of my life were being when I thought we were broke. I mean, and you were in America, you're never really broke, you know. Yeah. But when we thought we were, you know, were broke, didn't have much, couldn't do much, and you know, we had a young child and had another baby, you know, a year and a half later. Those are some of the best times of my life, man. Going to the going to the free days at the zoo, free days at the museum, you know, trying to stretch the dollars right. Yeah, I, I think it built our relationship. I think it, it, it built that trust and and companionship with each other we leaned on each other you know uh and now that we have you know we're doing better now you know but we still have that we still talk about everything we still you know talk about the money there's a certain amount that we won't spend without talking with talking to each other about it and those are kind of lessons i think we learned when we didn't have much you know sometimes when you, i think if you go into a marriage with too much you don't develop that that camaraderie you don't develop that trust with each other mm-hmm. and i think i think because we didn't have a whole lot when we got married we developed that and, and i thank god for it to this day like shay how do you um, you know, now I think your generation is a little bit better, but 
not today's, you know, as, as my friend is able to say, modern day woman, um, you know, you're um, the daughter of uh, a Perry Walls, um, you know, our Perry's can be particular. <laughs> I think it's the best way to say it. They they love them. I mean, that, that, those are, they love them. So, um, but um, you know, I, I mean, you know, you weren't in the hood or anything, but you know, was there any at times? She was like, I don't know, just had to throw off. You know, I had to be like, hey, I don't want to hear that garbage. Or hey, I had to turn this out because you hear a lot. You know, you see a lot. Comparison is real, right? Um, and maybe early on when it wasn't, you know, flowing like it is now, was it be like, man, you know, I really wish I could get a real Louis Vuitton, you know, instead of Louis Bernard, right? Like how, <laughs> you know, you know, being honest, like, you know, how do you, how do you go off and get past that? One thing is, um, people might look at me and think one way of me, but sure. to mind the test. I'm a cheap date. I am, I'm low, I'm not high maintenance. I, I'm really not. And people think I am, but I'm not. So for me, it's not really, we, we go back to that magic number. It's not magic number. It's like having like that magic partner, that partner that's willing to, to walk with you through the thin times and support you. So, um, yeah, sometimes you're like, you see people like couples uh, our age who waited to have kids and then like they're traveling because, you know, uh, we have friends and family. They're traveling all the time. We're sitting up here looking at our kids, you know, and but it's a give and take, you know. So I don't think it was a thing where I was just really envious, but it's just kind of like maybe we should have waited. But now I'm so grateful we didn't wait because now. Our kids are adults and we're still young enough. We can travel with our kids and oh, have God. an adult. Oh, no. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We're, we can enjoy life still. And that part, that state of, stage of our life is done. And we have family and friends, our age, small kids. And I don't feel bad for them. I was like, yeah. you know, too bad, too sad because you guys were kicking it while we were at home. But um, I just, I don't, I for me, it's just kind of like, if I say I love him, sure, it's not about what how much money he's bringing to the table. It's like, can I help build on what you bring? Whatever it is that you bring, can I help you build on that? And I think so many people are just looking, well, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? Instead of looking like, well, what can I do for you? How can I add to you? How can we add to this? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, I, and I think part of that is, even though the Perry's, the Perry women are very particular, but I do think they have this old school uh, mentality that I think I, I kind of was kind of instilled in me, which yeah. I'm grateful for. And it's being like, I don't want to say traditional wife, but being a wife that is not in competition with her husband, that's there to support her husband. And he's here to support me. So it's not like I'm this, you know, old school 1950s housewife. But we're in a space where, hey, if if you're going to be the main breadwinner, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you static because maybe we can't do the extras this week. Our bills are paid. I mean, the roof we have a roof over our head. We have food on the table. You know what I'm saying? I'm grateful, and I'm with somebody I'm happy with. 
I'm grateful. And I think if we just switch our mindsets to that and just be happy with what we have and stop always looking to what other people have, I think, I think the society, I think relationships will be so much better. Um, But everyone's always in competition with each other. And I think that's, to me, that's, I'm not, I'm not on that. I'm not a competitive person like that. So yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just happy. I was always happy where we were. You know, in those moments, I, I think marriage requires a lot of appreciation and a lot of selflessness. And I think selflessness has been is a, is a quality that's been lost in a lot of people. Now, everyone's very selfish now, mm-hmm. but no, no one's selfless and no one uh, goes into anything now, you know, figuring out what they can give to it. They just want to know what they can get from it. Mm-hmm. And if you, you cannot go into marriage thinking about what you're going to get out of marriage, you have to go into marriage thinking about what you can give to the marriage. Because mm-hmm. when, when you give everything you can, that's when you get everything you need out of. And I think people don't 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 see it that way anymore. No, I, I agree. I agree. April Rakisha, uh, finances. Um, you've been super patient, and you you've seen you have you have experienced the full roller coaster of CBMK, uh, right? So, um, you know, how do you not get sucked into? Um, the distraction of this modern day, you know, you need to have this, this, and this, and maybe I check one or two boxes, you know, but let's say I'm not on all 10 right now. Right. How are you navigating this? Well, um, I watched my dad, like my dad, one thing about my dad, he was phenomenal with my mom. Like he, um, we were middle-class, but my, my mom, my dad did. He was like the breadwinner always, like, and he didn't care if she worked. She, he actually wanted her to stay at home because mm-hmm. he knew the importance of kids, and uh, especially at those teenage years and the wildness. <laughs> he rather for her to stay at home than to work. And sure. at first, I didn't understand it, but if my mother wasn't there at those times of those teenage years. I think we would have been a lot, it would have been a lot different story for for my brothers and I. Uh, we were, uh, I guess, growing up in a smaller town, you're exposed to a lot more temptation because it's boring. You don't have much opportunity. So it was easier for us to kind of get in trouble and kind of like sneak out and do bad things that uh, we really wasn't supposed to do. But my mom, by her always being there and keeping us accountable and uh, teaching us uh, the values of life. And then some of some of the things I thought she was a little bit tough on, but like now that I'm an adult, I appreciate everything that my mom did. Like if she wasn't there, I, I feel like if she was, uh, she wasn't focused on job per se, she was focused on kids. We were her world. and. Sometimes I feel like that was a bad thing to a fault, though, because we were her world. Like she wanted to make sure we had everything we needed um, spiritually, uh, emotionally, financially. She was just there. Like my mom uh, sacrificed a whole lot for um, us as kids. And she would tell us, you know, she instilled in us to work hard, um, put God first pray all the time, like, and if it wasn't for my mom, like, 
I probably wouldn't have the core values of just people always be like you're a um, old soul. Well, that comes from my mom. Uh, my mom, uh, she instilled in me great values of being appreciative, being thankful, saying yes to me and no sir. Um, how to do everything. Like I was like, mom, you sacrificed so much. Like I'm super grateful now because I'm like a lot of things that I probably would have gotten in trouble. Uh, or messed up, but my mom always knew where we were. Like one thing I can appreciate, like we could never say like um, I'm going to a party and she's like she didn't know where it was. She knew exactly where we were at all times. So like, would you would you say that would you say that your financial philosophy is strictly from your mother? Yes, I feel like for me, um, I have a balance though. Um, my financial background i saw my dad work super hard um for one thing to take care of my mom and i didn't want i didn't want my husband to have the load of my father um i knew how uh how much pressure that is on a man to take on all that pressure of finance like that's that's a whole lot of pressure um that's a whole lot of sacrifice for one person to have to do anyway um it's hard for it was hard for me to see my dad do everything. I call him Superman because he he literally he held the fort down. Like whatever my mom wanted, he gave it to her. Like she was she's kind of in a sense spoiled, but um he he held it down but also saw some of the unfortunate things with him that affected his health of trying to carry that weight too. Um, it is a give or take, like um, being a strong man and carrying for so many years, that is hard on a man's body. It's hard on them. Um, it's very stressful. And not only did he carry that, he carried a church. I was like, wow. It's like, daddy, I don't know how you worked. My dad was blessed, though. God gave him so much favor. He was never fired. He, I was like, daddy, how do you, you know, like he used to be laughing, looking at us. He's like, um, when you know, some people got fired, he's like, I don't understand. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't work hard. <laughs> so, but he had never got fired. So so your uh I think it's safe to say that your worldview is solely um nucleus nuclear setting right it's mother father their interaction their engagement even when it comes to let's say the uh, entertaining of other relationships and what i mean by this uh friends friends and exes i think kind of go hand in hand so what i've learned or what i'm learning is I do, uh, this is layered. If you just stick to male friends, stick to my homies. Your homies have to be married. Not that they all will be or all will be at the same time. <laughs> um, but you can only, hmm. What you allow to feed you will be evident in your stature, right? So my friends 
have to have at least the same mindset, even if they're not in the same circumstance. And those good habits can positively affect our relationship. That's A. Here's the B part. We live in a very inclusive society. Inclusion is everything. There's no such thing as man's job, woman's job. Not even in the church, even in our traditional church, the norms are changing slowly, but they're changing. The idea that all your friends will have the same gender, <laughs> questionable. <laughs> because you interact, you run a business, you have to hire, you can't just say, I wanna hire all males, you'll get sued, that's discrimination. You hire the best person for the job. You interact with this person daily, you know, whatever. Um, you go to church. You see people like, oh, you know, people are cool or not, you know. Um, but what I've learned, and and April does a good job, is that I have to be real with myself on why I befriend whoever I befriend. April has a saying then she gets on me. Uh, she'll see one of my podcasts. And I'll be like, man, that was a great episode. And she'll be like, you only had her on because you think she's attractive. And I'll be like, you know, that's not necessarily true. I really was and really am excited about the subject matter. The physical aesthetics just add ice to the cake. And it helps me stay up, you know. So, you know, but the reality is, the reality is, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I, I love my podcast. No, the reality is you got to be honest with yourself. And what you find out is that your wife knows your type, right? And that, you know, I, I didn't think, you know, I thought like when you got married, like you never have another attraction. And then you get married and you realize like, man, <laughs> I'm almost attracted to everything that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's this weirdness, but that doesn't mean lack of character. That just means... I'm not going to ruin my covenant because of some immature feeling, right? And you have to have these conversations, these hard conversations. And my wife has had to come to me, you know, because we, you know, business is growing, expanding. We're doing a lot of things, a lot of different people. And then fitness, you know, fitness is very sensual. And sometimes you work with very, very physically developed women, you know? So it's like, you know, it, it just, you know, I'm, I'm not blind, you know, I'm not Stevie Wonder in this thing. So I see what I see and I just keep rolling, right? So, but my wife has done a great job, first of all, being with me everywhere I go, you know, so because I don't I don't go anywhere without her now, you know, I'm like, I don't want to fall on that landmine. And then the other thing is um, being honest with what I like. So I want to say this, Shay, have you ever had to come to DeMond and be like, <laughs> I know, you know, so, so, you know, thinks you're the funniest guy ever. <laughs> the reality is so-and-so likes you. And if so-and-so does that bling or tries to hug you one more time, I'm going to punch so-and-so. You know, like, there never had to be a talk because, and it's not that you step out. No, it's not an issue of integrity, but it's an issue of, you know, you're not dead. He's not dead, right? Yeah. What so does... 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, oh no, no. So the thing <laughs> is, what I've what, what I've found, women are much more disrespectful than men. Yes, they much are. more disrespectful, <laughs> and um, and I find it interesting. Um, what I realize is because people say, "Oh, Shay, how do you keep, you know, your weight down, or how do you look them?" Oh, listen, listen. I, I know women, right? And if 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 they catch me slipping, they gonna mm-hmm. try to slide in. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing is, and, and they'll still try to slide in until they see me most mm-hmm. of the time. Most of the time, if he's out, whatever, blah, 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 it's a little extra touching, you know, you know, holding on to the bicep a little bit too long, you know, <laughs> or, you know, and, it, and it's crazy because I'll walk up. Sometimes I'll just sit back and watch. I'm just watching the whole thing. I'm like, I'm just going to, let me pop some popcorn and see what happens here. Let's see how he handles it. <laughs> And then he plays dumb. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, like, if, if exactly, if she touches you one more time, <laughs> or when somebody is trying to supposed to be preaching mm-hmm. in the pulpit, a woman, <laughs> and she keeps referring to your husband's mm-hmm. name, calling his name all the time in the pulpit. Come on. <laughs> so. Or you or I because sometimes people say, Why do you sit? I like to watch. I sit in the back of the church because I'm I like to observe. Just mm-hmm. people, period. <laughs> but to see some women, the way they act with Demon, they don't realize he's married, and then you just watch him <laughs> staring at him across mm-hmm. the church. Hilarious. And so it's for me, it's at a point where most of the time, unless it's extremely disrespectful, it's funny to me. It's just it's whatever. Um, especially when you have some that's completely not his type. And they think they, they shoot their shot and they and they keep <laughs> shooting their shot. And it, it's hilarious to me. So I, I I we joke about it. I make fun of them about it. So I'm not that phased by it anymore. Yeah. Um, but there are some that have been like disrespectful. And so that can be um a little a little challenging. But I trust him. I trust him. Um and he already knows, you know, the deal, like, okay. As long as you know, you at that, I've been with you for 20 plus years. I'm digging in them pockets. Ah! (laughs) But, but yeah, it's it's just the point that, it's the point that I like, I trust him. Like, I, I don't, but women can be, they're much more disrespectful. Guys, if they see they, if you have a ring on most of the time, they'll speak or they'll, you know, and they keep it moving. You know, half the time, I don't even know if a guy's trying to holler because it's so I casual, know. but it's just kind of like, oh, you know, but they're, they're much more respectful than women. And you know it. Women no, they, I agree. I agree. You're right. Right. Tell my husband, I said, women position themselves. They will, oh. they will not blatantly, because he always be like, well, nobody's blatantly said anything. I said, they will never blatantly say that they want you. They're going to position themselves. So I tell them, like, they're going to make that contact. They're going to make that move. They're going to touch you. They're going to hug you in a certain way. They're not going to just be like, oh, you look good. You know, like, they're not going to approach you like a man. (laughs) They have subtle things that I think women, we know women. Like, he always say, well, I know men. And I was like, well, I know women. (laughs) We know women. Mind you had to check anybody and it, you know, I had to go. You know, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about the church because a lot of the church dudes, you know, let's be honest. They don't so um, but you know, you got other places, you go to the gym with your wife, you had to be like, hey, hold on, homie. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I will say that I think women are much more blatant. You know, I, I think she's had to do it more than I've had to do it. 
Um, but I, but I, but I see, you know, the, the Facebook requests of God, you're not friends with me, but you want to be friends with my wife, yeah. you know, uh, you see the guy, you know, you see them looking and then, you know, I, and I think when guys shoot their shots, it's a lot slicker. Like, you know, it's more like, Hey, what's up going on? And they say, want to see how she responds. And I think when she doesn't respond, they kind of just move on. So I do think men are more respectful, uh, than women. Um, so I don't think I've had to be as diligent as maybe she has. You know, you see her you, now. Do guys look? I see them all looking. You know, they're all, yeah. you know, it's when we're in the store and we walk past, and then I'll turn around. And say, okay, man, you try, you know, when she walk past, they want to look at her butt. So I'll turn around and then you, and you know, guys, oh, you know, like now I knew you were going to turn around, you know, you know. So I, I think she gets a lot of that, and she's not paying attention, but I see it. You know, the, you know the up and downs and you know the extra smiles. Um, but as, as far as like actually checking a dude. Maybe a few times, you know, that well, a guy just out of things get it through his head or he thinks he's got, you know, maybe a few times. Yeah. Um, it's funny. There's one guy uh, that used to go to my church lives in Atlanta now. And I know I know he knew we were married, but he tried to holler at her anyway. This is about maybe six, seven months ago. I'm like, dude, you know, we're married, you know, but I think he wanted to see where, where she, how she was going to act, yeah. you know, so stuff like that. Now, next time I see him, I am going to check him next time I see him. That time he's in town. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I would say she's had to deal with w- women are much more sneakier than we are. We're kind of men, we're kind of dumb. We're kind of obvious. Yeah. So I, I think she's had to deal with a little bit more than I've had to deal with. And That's women me. are delusional too, because they'll have a whole they'll make up a whole relationship mm-hmm. with a man mm-hmm. in their head. In their head, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just like they think there's some place. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's that thin line between <laughs> love and hate. No, I uh I play dumb. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I, I stay out of fire by playing dumb. I'll be like, I, she don't like me. I'm to myself. I try that. Don't work for me. Right. The other thing is, the other thing is, I really, I, I, re- I really try not to. So like, I really try. Like, I got a rule of thumb. You know, I, I first of all, I'm, I'm seriously afraid of Jesus, and I'm afraid of April because I love him, right? But I'm really, I really don't want to go to hell. But, um. I really am honest with myself. So I try to create as much distance as I can for what I know I can't handle. Right now, obviously there's some things that are unavoidable, but I play dumb. So if you play dumb, you can never, you know what I'm saying? You can never pass a test. So when it presents, I'll be like, Oh, that's what you meant. You know, <laughs> like, you know, but in the back of my head, I already do, you know? So, but they don't know. And that's how I keep, that's how I keep guessing, you know? And I admit, I do think, and everyone's checked me on this. Sometimes the attention, though, is enough. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you really? You know, they'd be like, you know, I was just joking. You know what I'm saying? You know, but but it's not it's not as, as funny as it sounds, but it is something that uh, <laughs> I'm aggressively working on. But we return our last subject, dealing with romance after a quick word from our sponsors. Flexing.
shoulders and back workout. That's a wrap. Two hours in, superpower works the whole way through. Keep you going. Lock in, man. Good choice. Superpower. Yo, shout out to my trainer, Malcolm Bryson, man. Shout out to the big homie. But look, he agrees and I agree. Superpower really is the best pre-workout on the planet. And I know you can see it on the planet. Get it today, y'all. www.cmkglobal.store. Stack it with the way or like I'm in a cutting phase right now. So I've been on this plant-based kick, transform, and then do yourself a favor. When you're trying to, you know what I'm saying, you just want to look at the super thick creatine. I'm telling you, there's days I look like mini Arnold. www.cbukglobal.store. Okay. Romance is never taught in the church. Uh, we over-spiritualize everything to the point that it's like, you know, I've seen, I've even heard of people in the faith trying to preach out of the book of Psalms of Solomon, which doesn't make sense because there's nothing divine about it. It's literally like a uh, mini porno <laughs> right in the text. Right? Like, hey, I think it's, I, God don't give me for that joke, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really, it's really a very seductive there was no theological significance. Most argue that the reason why it was left and it was canonized was to show the romance that a man is supposed to have for a woman. It was instructional, and that's the theological debate. Somehow we, though, we just sermonize and, you know, say goofy stuff and, you know. Uh, but sex is important. Romance is vital. And something that we don't want to deal with is that I really believe it's hard. Uh, and if falling is feeding, you can't fall if you're already full. And what I believe is that when them in the faith fall is because they were hungry anyway. Mm. If you were full, it's just like this. If you go to a buffet and you kill it, I mean, you eat everything in a buffet if somebody says, hey, we're going to McDonald's next, even if you tried, you wouldn't have the stomach to eat. Why have we created an anti-sex culture in the church? When the reality is God invented sex and the language and the communication and the discussion around it should be owned and dominated by Christians, and yet we won't even say the three-letter word. <laughs> but yet, children's church is growing. You know, I've I've only been to one wedding, and that was last year. You know, <laughs> so uh, so I don't know what these folks doing. <laughs> I know what they're doing. So why won't we? Why won't we discuss sex? Come on, executive pastor. Well, it's funny. I, I think one of the reasons it's so taboo because I think it's one of the most human things about us. And we're taught that our humanity is wrong. Everything about our humanity is wrong. And, and I think that's incorrect teaching. Um, I, sex is natural. Um, it's between a man and a woman, a, a husband and a wife. I think it's one of the most beautiful things um, that, that we, we can do uh, for one another and with one another. You know, and, and, I, and I think inside of a healthy, loving marriage, um, it, it should be expressed. It should be, you know, partaken of often, you know, and I, I don't know why the church, uh, number one, I, I don't know why the church even gets involved in it. You know, I, I remember, uh, 
a gentleman that asked me, you know, something that was okay to do something with his wife. I'm like, man, that's your wife. Like, why are you asking me that? Like, whatever. If like, if it's fine, if it's good for your wife and she's fine with it, it's good with both of you all. Like, and I I appreciate him being open and honest, you know, and asking the question. But like, the fact that a a grown man has to ask if he can do something with his own wife. True. You know, like 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 how much have we infiltrated this and made people feel guilty and ashamed about something so so basic. A, a, a basic function between a man and a woman. Because I, I believe without sex, you don't have a marriage. You just have roommates without sex. Mm-hmm. You know, without romance and sex and and that intimacy and and, and the, the laughing, the cuddling, the holding. You know, because it's, it's more than just the actual act of itself. Right. You know, like you said, the romance. Uh, you know, the, the conversations. You know, just just you know, cuddling and that, that's all important. And and I don't know why uh, the church should, should encourage that more. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know why the, the church. Uh, I, I just think because it's, it's such a human part of us, and the church has really taught us, you know, that the wor- everything about the world is wrong. I, th- I think they just they, they've rolled sex into that, and of course, sex outside of marriage is wrong. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think maybe they're trying to discourage that by discouraging everything. Um, but but I think we need to teach that that sex inside of a marriage is is it's ordained. I mean, it's 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 got it's godly ordained. It you know, like you said, he created it for us, and it should be embraced. And uh, and I think we should, we should actually we should probably talk about it more in in certain uh, church settings, so that hopefully people will be more educated about it. And maybe those that aren't married, uh, when they understand the responsibility of it and the, and the accountability of it, uh, maybe they'll they'll think about it before they start partaking it before they get married. I like it, Shay. In the mothers' meeting, uh, when the women meet, and I don't know what they do, and the women's discussions, does this topic ever go up? Come up? Does you know? Uh, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want any smoke, but does, <laughs> um, do they ever say, you know, women of the Lord, y'all need to, you know, like, is there any attention given to this vital function of romance? It's funny you would ask me because I'm usually not at the women's meetings. Um, <laughs> so I think to some degree um, they've had some conversations um but it's not really to the degree where um i think it should be taught the way i don't i don't i don't taught or where i guess the you can open up that conversational door where you can start discussing where a young woman can have a frank conversation um from somebody older in the church that's not condemning that's not judgmental um that's uh that lets her know that it's it's okay for you and your husband to express yourselves in whatever ways. Because um, I know that there's some gray areas, if you will, um, in the church or if you uh, on some of their views with some things. But I feel like that's between you and your husband. And I feel I also think even though we say it's too spiritual, we make things too spiritual. It's also like the trick of the devil because when you're single. You can't get enough of it. And then a lot of times when you get married, you know, you're too busy. You're too, you got to make time and all this other stuff. And it's just kind of like, it it just lets you know how the devil will flip the script on you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you need to just be in tune with that. And it's just kind of like, if, and if you really stay on top of it and, and just, and notice, okay, no, he's trying to distract me from our time, whatever, you still got to make time for each other because it's, it's, it's all 
I think it's a responsibility of the church. If you're telling us that, hey, we need to get married, you need to teach us all aspects of marriage. You need to teach us, you know, how to keep that fire going, how to stay romantic and not become roommates and everything. So, um, but as far as the the conversations in the women's meeting, I don't show up to have the women's meetings. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, I wish I could give you more insight. Um, but yeah, that's, that, but that's just my my perspective, I guess, on it. But yeah, I'm sorry. I wish I could. I'll I'll try to pay attention next time. This, this is what I propose, and April, I'll let you get 30 seconds to close, and then I'm gonna bring the show to an end. Uh, this is what I propose. What meeting do we have coming up? Workers meeting probably won't get in time for the workers meeting. Uh, what else do we have? YP by the convocation. You 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 really want us to come out? You really want us to support? Have a have a sex a day of sex not like a day of sex but a service <laughs> a service for the Christians so for Mary for the kingdom what does kingdom sex look like how do we operate what should be on my playlist is huh. it is it Keith Sweat is it Jodeci <laughs> right like I'm a Jodeci brother you know what I'm saying like you know it needs to be tailored. And we need some people that are actually going to really discuss it and not sermonize or over-spiritualize a very natural and God-given function. Abra Rakesha, you got 10 seconds and I'm going to close out. How do you keep the fire burning? How do I keep the fire burning? In 20 seconds. (laughs) Babe, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, I'm going to go back to the church um, question. <laughs> <laughs> you got 10 seconds. You've been hurting. <laughs> I know. I'm going to go back to the church answer. Uh, I just feel like everything today is perverted. And we do need to have realistic conversations about sex. And because um, today's generation is missing the innocence and the innocence behind it. Like there is innocence when you're married and having sex. And then I feel like the TV now, they don't, there's no innocence anymore. It's just there. Like I, when Cody and I watch movies, I'm like, why is it just there in front of us all the time? Like the innocence of it all is what's causing the, to me, it's more of a perversion thing that, um, that needs to be said in the church because, if the world is giving it just the way they are, then what, where do the, you know, what do we tell the kids that's looking at that stuff? You know, there's no way to really protect them anymore um, from those um, conversations. I mean, they're exposed more than we are. Well, I, I think that's, a, I think that's an issue of parenting. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that's an issue of uh, you have to educate your kids first. I mean, like my dad, I, you know, educated me on the matter when I was 10, you know, so I didn't have to rely on school to present something, a narrative that I didn't already know. Right. So um, I think what's happening is our parents are not parenting. And that's another topic for another day. I think we got grown kids having kids, but we got very few parents out there. Look, this has been another amazing episode of the CVMK show because it is what it is. I appreciate my guests. Uh, I'll let them get their sign offs. 
Demonte, where can the people connect with you? What do you got going on that we need to take a you know a look out for? Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Demond, I'm running for Will County Board, uh, District's number seven. The election's March 19th. is the first primary. Uh, my fundraiser is going to be uh, February 29th. That's Mino's Pizza in Joliet, Illinois. So it's my first time running for public office. Um, so uh, anyone out there living in the, in the Joliet, Will County area, uh, vote Doris, uh, March 19th, Doris for Will County, District 7. Y'all vote. Votes. We got we got major elections. We got an old geriatric and another old geriatric running for president. Yeah. We need younger people who were born before. Um, yeah, Biden was born before World War II, right before the atomic bomb. We need oh, people yeah. that you know grew up with new edition and not howdy duty. <laughs> if I would have known that, I actually would have came. We got an impartation service. Y'all vote for him running for Will County President. April, where can oh yeah, Shay, where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Um, well, I um I oh I have I work for Congress right now, so that's uh that's fun. But you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh Tequila Door Shots. Uh on Instagram it's Shots of Tequila. And um still working with the youth here and there at the church. So yeah. Y'all connect with her and then to my wife, April, where can they connect with you? CVMK Global store. I this like is it. Our business, so you can connect me wherever Cody is. I am. That's it. That's true. That's true. That's why you can't slide in my DM because my wife checks out my stuff. But look, www.cvmkglobal.store where it goes down. Best supplements, Instagram, CVMK underscore global. It is what it is underscore show. CVMK33, TikTok, CVMK Globe, Snapchat, CVMK Global. Fan base CVMK Global. There's so many different platforms around Twitter, CVMK Global, wherever it goes down is CVMK Global. I want you to do it. I want you to subscribe today. Hit share, like the button. And until next time, guys, thanks. If you think exercise alone got me looking like this, well, think again. CVMK Global Super Thick got me right. I'm obsessed, and yeah, I won't stop talking about it because it helped me grow in all the right places. Its creatine provides a fast and reliable way to increase your power, size, and shape. And it's scientifically proven to help you reach your physical goals in a safe, controlled manner. So if you want to increase muscle size, pump, and thickness in your muscle groups, you need Super Thick.